0: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.
1: Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK, the nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live, and move to the UK. Lee McCartney has supported Independent Tech News Directly for five years. Be like Lee. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, April 29th, 2019. Happy birthday, Meg. In Los Angeles, I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And uh, I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Joining us as well today, very happy to have freelance producer Jen Cutter back on the show. How's it going, Jen?
0: Hello, everyone. I'm doing well, having fun here in Toronto. We were supposed to get snow yesterday, but it snowed like all over the U.S. and the prairies, but not, not in Toronto.
1: How did you manage to just send it to us?
0: I don't know. And I'm very sorry. I really wish you came here instead. <laughs>
1: How Canadian of you. Uh, we're going to talk about game developer burnout with Jen a little later. So stick tune, stick uh, stick with us for that. But let's start with a few tech things you should know.
2: A group of security researchers led by Noma Rotem discovered an unsecured database on a Microsoft cloud service containing addresses, names, ages, genders, income levels, and marriage status for more than 80 million U.S. households. It's unclear who owns the database. The server containing the database came online in February. Rotom discovered it in April in a post on vpnmentor.com. He called on readers to help find the database owners.
1: Yeah, uh, we're, we're a little out of order here, but uh, this, is, this is a really interesting one to start with, and we'll get to our quick hits uh, in a second. But uh, this, this is like, uh, a, what is disturbing about this is that you don't know who owns this, so you can't get it taken down. Now they have contacted Microsoft. Microsoft hasn't commented publicly about it. Microsoft conceivably could go to the owner of this database and say, hey, you got this unsecured thing here, you probably should be taking this down. But Microsoft might be in legal hot water to take it down, even though they know that it's unsafe to be there because it's not their property and their terms of service say, we won't touch your data. So they really need to wait for the owner of it to take it off. Uh, Thankfully, the security researcher found it before malicious people did, but it's not to say somebody else couldn't find it. shall we go up to our quick cuts uh yeah i know if we got nothing else on that one then yeah let's let's uh let's do some quick stories
2: marcus Persson, aka notch created minecraft 10 years ago and then sold it to microsoft in 2014 he's not going to take part in microsoft's 10-year anniversary celebrations however a microsoft spokesperson told variety his comments and opinions do not reflect those of Microsoft.
1: The PowerBeats Pro wireless earbuds from Apple's Beats will go up for pre-order in Canada and the U.S. on May 2nd for $250. Everybody else gets them May 10th. I know a lot of people have been waiting for these.
2: And State Development uh, Department Deputy Assistant Secretary Robert Strayer said that the U.S. government will reassess information sharing with allies who use Huawei equipment as part of the country's 5G infrastructure, saying that the U.S. makes no distinction between core and non-core parts of 5G networks. The U.K. and Dutch carrier... K- uh, KPN are both open to using Huawei equipment and non-core deployments.
1: Now, Apple's reporting earnings today. We'll, we'll wait for their earnings call and talk a little bit about the context of that tomorrow. But Alphabet also just reported their earnings, and they missed. Uh, Alphabet shares dropping nearly four percent after hours trading. Quarterly revenue rose seventeen percent from a year ago, but that it's its slowest pace in three years. And Alphabet's expenses have grown faster than revenue for much of the past two years, which is concerning to some investors. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit about Apple removing apps and the complaints about that we've talked about that in the past about how apple has been uh, accused of favoring its own built-in apps over apps in its app store over the weekend the new york times reported that apple removed or restricted 11 of the 17 most downloaded screen time and parental control apps over the past year Two app makers have filed a complaint against Apple with the EU's competition office claiming Apple forced changes to apps to make them less useful than Apple's own native screen time app. However, Apple's Phil Schiller told MacRumors that the apps in question used mobile device management or MDM profiles that are designed for enterprise use so businesses can access employee devices and manage them. Uh, Anybody who's had a device through a business that has MDM knows that this means that the the IT folks at your company can get into your device, they can update stuff, they can remove apps like corporate apps, they can block services that they don't want in case they think, yeah, that might be a threat to our intellectual property or leaking of data. They can manage your device for you, basically. Uh, and Schiller said, yeah, if you're an IT department that is trained in doing that, that's fine, but no independent developer should be using these MDM profiles on consumer devices, because the profiles give the developers unrestricted access to the device. So when you download this app and say, yes, I agree, you're now saying that it's okay for the maker of the app to have entirely unrestricted access to your device. And that means if you're using a parental control app, that's unrestricted access to your children's device as well.
0: Okay, this sounds a little like burying the lead here. The first half of that story sounds like, oh, this sounds really shady by Apple. And then the second half is like, oh, wait, this sounds not good on the by the actions of the developer here. That's that's a lot of access. You're giving someone to everything on your phone just to see what you're doing on your phone.
1: Yeah. I I understand that parents want to be able to track kids. I understand as well that there probably is a legitimate developer beef that, hey, Apple's got their own screen time thing built in and we can't do all the things they do with the traditional Apple API. So, hey, there's this MDM, we could do some of that and we, we won't misuse it, we promise. But Apple's saying it doesn't matter if you promise, if they give you MDM access, you have it. And that's probably not a good idea to give.
0: A little Don't. close to stalkerware, isn't it?
1: <laughs> What's that?
0: I said it's a little close to stalkerware. I understand like parents and kids, but then there's always the, how can this be used in the worst possible way and how do we prevent it if we're Apple?
1: Yeah, it's, it's something that needs to be, uh, may, there probably needs to be a middle ground. There probably is an argument that Apple is not giving these parental control apps enough access to be as useful as they could be, um, but they shouldn't have to give away the store uh, to do that kind of parental control, and there probably is a little anti-competitiveness on, on Apple's part, even if it's subconscious, that they have their own Screen Time stuff that can do things because they're like, well, we're Apple, we run the whole operating system anyway, well, so what, we can. What do
2: would stuff. be the alternative, right? Like well, if someone a, yeah. if someone wants to you know call Apple out for being anti-competitive, like what is the alternative in this situation?
1: Give give the uh, give the uh, the people who develop parental control apps the exact same controls that the Screen Time app has. Don't say, well, the Screen Time app's part of the operating system so it can do some stuff that we don't let apps do uh but don't give don't give them all of the m d m unrestricted access that's what i th- there there could be a middle ground for that mm-hmm
2: Let's talk about Spotify's earnings. Oh, you thought last week was a big earnings week? Well, this week is it keeps rolling. Spotify reported it lost a uh, 0.79 euros per share but raised revenue 33% on the year. Spotify also announced it grew paid subscribers 32% on the year, becoming the first streaming music service to reach 100 million paid subscribers. Worldwide, the company now has 217 million monthly active users, and the company expects to have 222 to 228 million users by the end of the quarter, with 107 to 110 million paid subscribers. It identified smart speakers as a key growth area. Huh. Big Surprise.
1: <laughs> well, smart speakers as a growth area, I think for for a few years, people have been wondering if that would really be something that takes off. But it keeps growing, and if the music companies are saying like, yeah, that's where we see most of our listening coming from, I think it kind of puts an underline on that. Uh, and Spotify getting to 100 million first is part of their bragging rights against Apple. Apple's beating them domestically uh, in the U.S. and Canada, but not necessarily beating them around the world. For now, uh, and Spotify wants to keep it that way. They want to stay in front.
2: And if anybody who's sort of like, oh, well, you know, why isn't the revenue higher? The company had, had said in last quarter um, when we found out that it acquired Anchor and Gimlet, both podcasting companies, that it was going to be um, putting a lot of money into other podcasting companies and a company called Parcast, apparently uh, uh, Spotify paid 30 million dollars or 30 million euros rather to acquire. So, you know, it's, they're, you know, they're making good on their claim.
0: Yeah. Spotify's growth has been incredible in terms of how they've hit people who aren't into tech I have teammates who don't know how to use their phone who have Spotify accounts and run it in their cars. They run it everywhere. And I'm like, you had me check your email for you last year. How did you figure out Spotify and Bluetooth so fast? So like their growth has just been outstanding when people want it. And it's funny that you say
2: that because, you know, Apple, like Apple, like it's bread and butter is people who aren't really techies. Right. But like Apple just does everything the right way. So the fact that, Uh, you, you have friends who are like, ah, you know, I don't really understand technology, but Spotify just works for me. It's something that's working in the company's favor.
1: And uh, Apple music, uh, even though it's available on Android, I think a lot of people who use Android don't think about it as something that is one of their choices. They think, oh, I have to have an iPhone for that. Uh, and don't look into it. Whereas Spotify, they know, oh yeah, I can use that on any phone. Even though it's true that you can use Apple Music on Android, uh, I, I think Spotify does have an advantage, and that advantage pays off in markets where Android is even more dominant, uh, and 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 iPhone has a hard time breaking in. For instance, India, where Spotify just launched and added two million users at the drop of a hat.
2: Yeah. I'd love to know from our audience, um, how many folks are like, Oh yeah, I use Spotify, my smart speaker, whatever your smart speaker might be. Um, because it, you know, it, it, just like mobile, it's a very personal, de- <laughs> you have lots of options and it's kind of personal. Jen, I don't know if you do, you know, you, you dabble in the smart speaker, um,
0: I don't. Uh, I'm. I'm not a fan. They're not anywhere that I live. But I, a lot of my friends have them, and so at parties and stuff, that's always what's in the background.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Uh, we we you can switch profiles on the Echo, uh, but it's such a annoyance to remember to do it or to know which profile is on at any given time. That what we did is we hooked on one profile. We hooked Eileen's Spotify and my Apple Music so that we don't affect each other's playing history. She tells it, like, tell Spotify to play this, and I will always say, tell Apple Music to play this. I'd prefer Google Play Music, because that's what I use normally, uh, but it's just not available on the Echo. Samsung announced a 43-inch quantum dot QLED TV called Serro S-E-R-O, meant to be stood on end in order to watch vertical video which can be automatically displayed when your phone is near. So you come home, you put your phone in, it's docked to charge, and boom, your Instagram videos show right up on your 43-inch QLED TV. Who doesn't want this? And if you're like, well, wait a minute, what about my non-vertical video? Sometimes I like to be old-fashioned. Well, it can swivel into a horizontal position to watch all your old-fashioned horizontal video. Uh, the TV... Also offers 4.1 channel 60 watt sound, Bixby voice control, and supports NFC for that mirroring. Uh, they plan to do 49 and 55 inch sizes later this year. It will be available at the end of May in Korea for 1.9 million won. That's roughly $1,630. There were some. There was a typo going around. You may still see some stories that list it for $16,000 uh, because someone shifted a decimal place on the amount of won, but it's 1. <laughs> 1. 1.9 million won. Uh, so it's actually a fairly, yeah, I mean, it's still kind of expensive for a 43-inch TV, but but reasonable at 1630 bucks equivalent.
2: Well, I, uh, I feel like an old person because of course, when I first saw the story, I was like, who would ever want this? But I also said that about vertical videos on mobile.
0: <laughs> for me, I'm like, oh, I see that they're catching up to a certain class of gamer because pinball gamers mm-hmm. and music gamers for, you know, like beatmania and the like is like, yeah, we got vertical, vertical monitors for this. Where have you been?
1: <laughs> and 4.1 channel sound too, right? <laughs>
0: I'm kind of curious to see what the frame is like for the whole rotating thing. Well, and they,
1: yeah, they've got pictures of this out there uh, and it's part of this kind of picture frame line that Samsung has going out there where they're trying to to make these very stylish uh, panels like the seraph and the frame are, are are other models kind of in this same line but this is this is the first one that can swivel vertical and and the way Samsung is presenting this is this is a vertical TV. And in fact, the stand it's on is vertical, but yeah, you can it swivel like it horizontal bit. if you want to. Yeah.
2: And again, not to poo-poo this, you know, what, what's obviously a, a pretty cool thing, but okay, you know, when, when you're dealing with something in the mobile sphere, you know, it's, it's vertical or it's horizontal, it's, you know, kind of easy to deal with. When it's in your living room and it's 43 inches, And it's, you know, on, on a wall, how often are you really trying to like swivel that whole thing back and forth? Is that going to be something that people are just like, yeah, that's part of life or or it
1: seems like a pain.
2: Yeah, (laughs) it does. It does. But, but again, like I haven't done this at my house and maybe I, you know, maybe I, maybe I'd be happy to have it.
1: Well, folks, if anyone, I I mean, Samsung's pitching this as a concept, but it's also going on sale. Like it's got a sale date and a price. So maybe it's just a limited run, but also they probably don't expect to sell that many of them. But if uh, anybody in Korea gets a hold of these, let us know. Feedback at DailyTechNewsShow.com.
2: Well, if you are looking to go on vacation sometime in the near future. The Wall Street Journal reports that Marriott will expand its test of a home rental service from Europe to the U S Marriott is the world's largest hotel operator with 1.2 million guest rooms. Airbnb is the largest room provider with 4.92 million listings. So Marriott has been testing its home sharing service in Paris, Rome, Lisbon and London while Airbnb recently acquired hotel tonight. So, I mean, as is and I've said this on the show before, enthusiastic Airbnb user is you know hotel tonight, certainly so much you know my my first reaction was like, oh Marriott you know they're they're trying to get into the game here, but if they can undercut Airbnb at all on price, then they've got something here
1: yeah, and and I think the other advantage they'll have is the whole bonvoy uh, uh, ecosystem, which is what their newly named, uh, frequent stay program, their loyalty program, because as they took over Starwood, which was the Weston's and St. Regis, uh, they wanted to create a new name for this expanded catalog of hotels that they have. So they named it Bonvoy. I'm sure I'll get used to it. It's kind of weird. Uh, but, but when you're in, when you're a Bonvoy user with a lot of Bonvoy points, you go into the Bonvoy app to book stuff. And I could see, uh, places where it's like, wow, well, there's not a lot of hotel rooms and they're kind of pricey. All of a sudden these shared room listings showing up like, oh, well that's a bigger, better deal. Even if it isn't necessarily cheaper than Airbnb, it'd be cheaper than what you're looking at in that loyalty program app.
0: And they've that got a lot very, of people in that program. Yeah. Like, especially for people for business people who travel a lot. Now you're getting business people who don't use the Airbnb side of things kind of getting used to the idea which mm-hmm. may end up helping Airbnb in the long run, though.
1: <laughs> well, but that, yeah, yeah.
0: corporate spending, that, that's different, though.
1: No, that's a good point, too, though. You get the corporate world, which is tied in. And Airbnb has their corporate booking system now, uh, but you have to go sign up for it and set it up. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of booking agents and companies probably are like, you know what, I already have Marriott in my system. I'll just use that.
2: You know, it's it's funny that, okay, so Marriott – you know huge huge hotel conglomerate um, Airbnb obviously does what it does very well and i i have this conversation with people all the time of like you know certain people are like eh, i just like the hotel experience i just want to be mm-hmm. at a hotel sure. i want room service i you know i you know I, I i don't need like an apartment i'm kind of on the other side of things where i like the idea of having a kitchen and mm-hmm. you know feeling like i'm in my own house type thing how much, you know, obviously Marriott getting into this, they know that Airbnb is killing it to the point that they have to offer something besides the hotel experience. I just, you know, I I wonder what we're, you know, like what is the hotel experience going to be like in five years?
1: Oh, I don't think the hotel experience is is in danger here. This is uh, this is no,
2: um, not in danger. This, this is, but is just additional
1: like, uh, revenue for whoever wants it. And and yeah. as I said in our pre-show, uh, to paraphrase Netflix and HBO, I think Airbnb is trying to become Marriott before Marriott can become Airbnb. Uh, both these companies want to have both kinds of listings available because there are both kinds of people out there. Hey folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. All right. There have been lots of stories kicking around about developer burnout. We're not trying to claim developer burnout is new, uh, but there's a story on Kotaku about how BioWare's Anthem went wrong. Uh, There's a story on Polygon about the intense crunch period at Epic Games because of the success of Fortnite. Some devs are speaking out about crunch time at other studios. Uh, Jen, what is game developer burnout? It seems like it's pretty widespread.
0: It is like, well, we all come from the the old media world where we know people who've worked in television and movies and stuff for like 30 years. If you've been a game developer for 10 years, you are a grizzled old veteran because everyone else has left. It is just it's a short term career because people cannot handle the working conditions. It's not that they don't want to make games. It's that they get treated so poorly. There's little incentive to stay. So uh, the, whether you're working in indie games or the usual like triple A culprits uh it's very tough to handle the constant crunch, which is what it gets called when really it should be called mandatory unpaid overtime <laughs> well <laughs> Cause, like because I can crunch on a project and make like you know quadruple rate, and that's fine that's a choice that's a short term thing. These are companies that are crunching endlessly uh, over and over again to either make E3 demos, to make release dates, and then once the game is out, Now you're crunching again because Mm -hmm. every game is a forever game. You've got cases of uh, like Fortnite every season. It's, you know, there's new maps, there's new vehicles, there's new everything. The crunch never ends. And that's just unsustainable for human beings who want to have a life and sleep and eat food that didn't, you know, come out of a plastic box once in a while.
1: (laughs) And it sounds like that's part of what's changed. I I had a friend way back, like the late 90s, early 2000s, who was uh, an EP at 3DO, uh, that's how long it was. There was a 3DO. Uh, and he would talk about how, yeah, they'd, they'd set up cots during crunch time when they were getting close to ship for for a couple of months and people would come in and do these 12-hour days plus. Uh, and then when the game shipped, they would have downtime. And he, as the person running it, would, even though it wasn't technically the policy, he would you know turn a blind eye if people missed a couple of days after ship date. But it sounds like, A, the policies should have been that that was okay, And B, there's no longer a downtime after ship. It just never ends.
0: Yes. Uh, Being compensated either through overtime or through like like loot time kind of thing would be nice. Uh, Some companies do find a way to grant it, but a lot of times you're going right back to it. And crunch has become normalized, if not romanticized by people. It's like, oh, you know, you're not a real game developer until you've done like... You know, I used to crunch for 18 hours a day. We slept under our desks and Mm -hmm. they didn't even feed us. Like, okay, we know that there's tons of game developer students who are willing to do all of this work for less money. And like, oh, crunch is, you know, it's just part of the business. No, it's not. You have to have a healthier life. You will work better when you have a healthier life. You will solve problems better when you sleep more. Our games will be better and have less bugs when developers get to sleep more, this is a problem that gamers should kind of start thinking about.
2: Well, and I think, you know, not, you know, game development doesn't always happen in Silicon Valley, but the Silicon Valley sort of like, oh, you know, everyone's making so much money, you know, doing their development, that kind of thing. I think that this is an underlying issue where it's like you work overtime all the time, because you're making a bunch of money. Someone's paying you. You know, maybe more than you you know you think you deserve, or maybe you do deserve it. Doesn't matter. But, but um, the burnout is real, and the kind of uh, you know the the way that um, people sort of turn on the you know the. the whole the whole situation is 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 quite real um, and it doesn't have to do with not making enough money it's that this is not sustainable it's not sustainable behavior and i i don't know i i i i wish we talked more about the the fact that um you know i i you know i mean i wish I made lots more money too but but you can't necessarily you know what we're describing here is um, you know what? What do you got? Ten years before you're like, I can't do this anymore.
0: Ten years at best, and then another big problem for uh, game developers. And I, sh- I say developers, but I should also include artists and writers mm-hmm. and QA, everyone that goes into making games. What we love, uh, contract workers. Temp workers. These are just bodies thrown at a problem, treated like crap, promised with like, oh, yeah, though, there might be full time at the end of this for you. We'll see how it goes. They give three years of their lives to a project. They get turfed right before the end and don't even get a credit on the game because they didn't you know, survive the process. They didn't put in enough hours to make the company happy. And this on top of toxic work environments, this is all going to come into play in future lawsuits and forced arbitration clauses like this will become more and more news as people start talking about it. like people are so miserable they are willing to put their names on this kind of treatment say this is what happened at my company I don't care if I never work in games again this is what happens I need people to know about it so it doesn't happen to more people that's how fed up developers are
1: yeah. So, so what? it sounds like we're finally reaching the breaking point, but what's driven the trend uh, that perpetuated this? You, you would think that there would be so many developers that would just say, you know what, forget this. I can find a programming job that doesn't do this for me. It was because people just wanted the glamour of being associated with games
0: when you love games and want to make games, you will make these sacrifices to work for these companies. And then once you get your foot in the door to find out that it's even worse than you've been led to believe, it'll push you to the breaking point that you will talk to reporters, that you will find things like uh, game workers unite to, to help try to drive the change, to make the positive change in the industry. So you've heard a lot of talk about unions lately and, and, there was a possibility of a walkout at riot games uh, that news just broke today uh because they were going to push employees towards uh forced arbitration as opposed to lawsuits because you know that any kind of oppressed underclass always goes you know what would really make this better forced arbitration yeah well, no t- they want to away your more.
1: right to take action on your side and and yeah yeah got it so
0: i i really do think that this is going to become a bigger and bigger issue and for gamers what they can really do is Take it easy on the pre-release hype. Know that you're being sold a lot of promises that are may not necessarily happen, <laughs> and uh, just try to pay attention to uh, to these stories. Try to support game developers who are promising that there are are not putting the developers through this. Uh, what was it? Monomi Park. They made Slime Rancher, which is an amazing game if you haven't played it. They put out that game, which was like AAA quality from an indie studio working 40 hour weeks. So it is possible if they plan properly
1: well and and I think that's the one of the keys if if you are concerned about this uh look for games from smaller studios independent developers uh that you can you can verify like hey these these people either are the ones making the game themselves uh or if they have you know teams of people they're 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 teams that they they make it clear that that they treat their developers and their employees with respect you you can find if you can't find that stuff out then maybe be a little less willing to play that game mm-hmm.
0: You just support the developers when you see them online talking about this yeah, sort of thing yeah. and let, let them know that they're being heard.
1: Yeah, uh, BioCow uh, says support cruelty-free game companies. Cruelty-free <laughs> to their developers would be the <laughs> the point there.
2: Thanks, everybody who participates in our subreddit, also cruelty-free. It's a lot of fun, in fact. Submit stories and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook. If you hang out there, join our group, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow.
1: Let's take a quick look at the mailbag.
2: Let's do it. Uh, Marco wrote in about a conversation that uh, Roger and Alison Sheridan and I had last Friday about the idea of...
0: Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare Short-Term Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
2: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or SleepNumber.com. Of of school, of school when you're young. Marco says, I live in Utah, and what I understand is somebody who had their child go through upstart, which was the... The program that we had mentioned. The program is designed simply as online preparation for kindergarten and for preschool age kids. Here in Salt Lake, where Marco lives, there's a tremendous effort to reach out to low-income communities in terms of awareness of the program. And if the CCFC's concern is that inequality would be widened with how low-income families may be less able to have laptops or tablets to participate. The nice thing is that Upstart provides a Chromebook to use for the duration of the program, typically a year before they hit kindergarten. And given that Spanish is the majority minority language here in Salt Lake, the whole program, as far as what the parents need to interact with, is also offered in Spanish. I was surprised to hear the story on Upstart, given how much praise it gets here in Utah locally by parents and educators alike. It's like a fun game. Kids have to do it for 50 minutes a day, five days a week. He'd love it. My daughter was off to reading Smart Starter, reading books when she was four. And this is not uncommon.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Marco, for that perspective on Upstart.
2: Absolutely. And also thanks to Jen Cutter for being with us today. Jen, let folks know where they can keep up with all of your work.
0: Well, I am on Twitter at Jen Cutter. That's Jen with two N's. And you can also check out all my stuff on gaming at OpenAlpha.tv. There's a new post going up later tonight.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Jen. And thanks everybody for supporting us on Patreon. Uh, We are just a couple of days from the end of the month and every month we like to have just one more patron than last month. We need six more people. So if you have thought, you know what, I can afford less than the price of a cup of coffee a week because Daily Tech News Show stimulates me so much. I don't even need that cup of coffee. I'm going to support Patreon right now. Go to patreon.com slash DTNS.
2: Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday. If you can join us live, it would be great to have you. 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live.
1: Back tomorrow with Ayaz Akhtar from CNET as our guest. Talk to you then. This show
2: is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com
1: hope you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music. For all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com/newsadfree. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from